What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Triple H podcast. Happy hour, hoops. We're always talking hoops. We're sometimes happy, and it is that hour. <laughs> <laughs> the hour of the podcast. Are you feeling that way, Dunny? Because you and I, uh, we're you're right on the East Coast there in Boston. I'm here right on the edge of the Central Time Zone in cold Chicago. Cold shit today, dude. It's cold as shit. It's raining, and it's dark at 4.45 right now. Oh, so I feel like yeah. that's what we're dealing with right now more than anything. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's why we're sometimes happy, but we are, <laughs> we are always talking hoops. Like I mentioned, Steve, Jake, myself here doing it again. We got, we got a lot to talk about today. We'll be talking yes, about some more, some more surprise teams, uh, a state of a couple different teams that could go either way. We're going to break down Chet versus Wemby. You know, who's looking better right now? Who's going to look the best going forward? All that good stuff. And then we have another draft uh, at the end of this week's yeah. episode. We'll be all drafting our starting five out of all players in the NBA right now, trying to make the best starting five we possibly can. And it's kind of up to us whether we want to build for the future, win now lineups. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just kind of building our own starting five choose your own adventure if you will oh i like that and we're, yeah oh, choose yeah. your own adventure starting five <laughs> adventure we all we, we love that right oh yeah starting with the news and notes though um just get the bad out of the way quick man a lot of injuries to start the yeah. season happens every year it sucks i i feel like this was the same way with football you were excited it was back so many injuries to start the year none you know too crazy so far obviously the robert williams expected to miss the season with some sort of knee surgery which he's already had many of those it sucks um this is kind of shedding some light on why the celtics may have gotten rid of such a beloved player it's just availability man and unfortunately we all know what rob williams is when he's on the court but Often he is off the court with injuries. And yeah, if, if you're watching on YouTube, we have the Robert Williams frowny face up because he's just one of the, the more likable players in the league. Super fun to watch when he's making plays. Um, and, and now he, he has to miss the season there. Kind of sucks for Portland. Could have been used as a trade piece. Could have just been used as, you know, a, a piece to, to build up this young core. Anthony Davis, unsure on his status, but we already saw he was taken out of a game the other night. Um, So, you know, you never like to see that, especially another guy who's just super injury prone. Seeing that earlier in the year is is tough. And then Mason Plumlee, you know, not as important as those other two guys, but still, uh, you know, a big deal for the Clippers. MCL sprained, expected to miss some time. Switch it up with some good news, though. Bradley Beal set to return tonight. If you're listening yeah. live, we're recording this Wednesday. Guys, we, we finally get to see the Suns' big three. Finally. 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 Yeah. It'll, it'll be interesting to see see what it looks like because, you know, the Suns, I don't want to say they've been disappointing so far to start the year, but we only saw, what, Booker and Durant two games together so far. So, you know, they've kind of been depleted. Durant's been playing fantastic this year. But I'm, I'm curious what Bradley Beal's role is going to be. I don't know if there's a minutes restriction tonight, but when they fully get going, and I don't know if we'll see it after this game tonight, but when they fully get going, I'm curious to see what Beal's you know, role will be on the team. If, if Booker's going to take more of that point guard, Devin Booker playmaker type role. And if he needs to take over a game in the fourth quarter, he can, but the way he's been playmaking and honestly the way Durant has kind of been setting up his teammates this year too. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for Bradley Beal to kind of get his shot whenever he wants it. So we'll see, but I think this could be a, a situation, maybe not tonight, but going forward where Bradley Beal could be a volume shooter still for this team. And I really didn't expect that after like the deal was done. I thought he'd be more of a role player, but I'm curious just the way they've kind of played the first, you know, handful of games with Booker and Durant. It almost feels like Bradley Beal's just going to be that guy's just going to be open. And if you want someone open taking shots, Bradley Beal's on a short list of guys you want. Yeah. And I, I did, I misspoke at the beginning there. I guess, I guess Booker is out tonight. So we still aren't seeing the yeah, big three. No but. surprise there. <laughs> but, 
but we at least get to see Beal in uh, his first bit of Suns action. Jake, y- you have any reaction to Beal returning tonight? I mean, no, I mean, it sucks. I-, I-, I wish we could see the big three, but unfortunately it will be Beal and KD. It goes back to my theory from last week. I think Beal just took a like, three-week extra preseason, and now he's ready to roll. Yeah. Like, I-, I really think that's all it is. This was his load managing, and now we're going to see what Brad Beal can do. I'm interested to see how they use him. I'm interested to see how much he's on the ball, honestly, because like we've said, like, we didn't know who was going to run this offense all the time. So I want to see how they kind of imagine Beal in this offense. And then definitely seeing him with KD is going to be just, it's going to be awesome. Like, they you know, that those two guys have wanted to be together and, and really enjoy, uh, like, just have a lot of respect for each other before they even got together. And so I'm really excited to see them on the court at the same time. Should be a blast. Yeah. I mean, Beal and obviously Booker and KD, which we we've, been able to take a look at but Beal and KD is nothing to, to scoff at either I mean this no this guy's a, a pure bucket he's led the league in scoring before um and I'm sure he's excited you know he's he's never played in an atmosphere or with teammates like this so <laughs> true he's he is back with the there, with the with the there it is <laughs> love it um LeBron James versus bad calls. Did you guys happen to see any of oh, this? Yeah. This is our last last Let piece Jake of news here. Yeah, yeah uh, Jake. Uh, what was what was your thoughts on this? I mean, are we surprised LeBron's complaining about calls and no, <laughs> no. at all? <laughs> like he he was feeling some type of way going back to Miami though. Like he was going off on yeah. Twitter last night too. Like yeah. so I feel like this was more LeBron just like kind of getting frustrated in general and just like annoyed with the I would team. Be I mean, as much as anything too right now, maybe that I really think he's just lashing out yeah. because they're mid and yeah. I don't think that they're, and he's dealing with another Anthony Davis, you know, whatever, what it, it was a hip spasm or a groin spasm or something like that. Yeah, which, groin. Bro, groin. And he said that last year too. If you have a bad groin or bad hips, those things are literally just going to happen all the time coming from a person who has literally still has a tear in their groin from hockey, like, and never got it fixed. Like you literally just have to learn with, to deal with it. And Anthony Davis is a professional athlete doing this. Like you have to just like power through at some point. I, and it goes back to, I think we've had this theory. His pain tolerance is like the lowest of any professional athlete. I feel like we've ever seen. And that's what it comes down to. But I feel like he just complains about injuries that other guys don't even mention. And that's how we end up in these situations. And how does Sham like Sham's sending that out? It just feels like such propaganda too. Like all at the time, time to AD, too, bro. Yeah. at halftime. Oh man, his hip spasm half. Like we don't even need to like what like it's it's just AD. And I feel like that's LeBron. Like he can't just lash out at his teammates. So he's lashing out at the media, at mm-hmm. the officials, at everything else because. He's probably frustrated, and I would be frustrated too if you're dealing with another year of Anthony Davis like this. I really would. And there's no, I mean, the rest of the around him, it's been the D'Lo experience has not been great. The Gabe Vincent experience has not been great. Reeves has had been inconsistent to start the year, yeah. but I think that has more to do with uh, playing FIBA in the summer and everything. A lot of those guys seem that, except Anthony Edwards, he doesn't seem to be bothered by that, <laughs> but. Um, so I don't. Yeah, I feel like LeBron is lashing out. That's what it comes comes down to for me more than anything else. Yeah, I have I have a crazy Anthony Davis stat. It's a it's a not not great stat for the Lakers, but I'm trying to find it here. I thought I, I thought I sent it to you guys. I must not have the. It's just so weird with the Lakers, and I'll I'll say this before I pull up the stat. Isn't it crazy how we watched game one this year and LeBron only played 29 minutes and everyone was like, oh, so this is what it's going to be. You know, they're going to try to save LeBron Mm -hmm. for the playoffs. And what are they going to do? You know what the next closest minutes (laughs) he's played to 29 is 35 or 33. Sorry. And he hasn't gone under 30 minutes since opening night. So it's just funny that everyone was up in arms like, wow, they're really going to, you know, cater to LeBron and and not overplay him and tire this guy out. Which, like, I think the middle ground is true because obviously you have to play LeBron and just because of how good he is. But now we're seeing you have to play LeBron because 
maybe the rest of the team isn't that good. And I feel like we're just in the same problem as last year, maybe not to the same degree because they seem to be a little more talented than when they started mm-hmm. the year last year. Yeah. But it's kind of crazy. The uproar about LeBron playing 29 minutes. And then since then it's been 35 minutes, 39 minutes, 33 minutes, 42 minutes, 35 minutes, 37 minutes. That could be like and, a LeBron call too, right? LeBron's yeah. just like, no, I'm, it does not matter my age. It does not matter what year I'm in the NBA. I'm just going to play. If I'm able to play, I'm going to play. Because you're right. It's just been a jump like that. We haven't seen that again. And it was almost like after the first game, they were alluding to that this is going to be the plan. That LeBron, this is how they're going to work him in this year. And since then, no, LeBron's just just trying to care. Because you got to think from LeBron's perspective too, right? In his head, this could be maybe his last chance to try to get a title. Right. And so he's going to do whatever he can to, you know, will this team and the rest of the Lakers, they've been struggling. I mean, D'Angelo Russell has been a little inconsistent. Austin Reeves shooting hasn't been great so far to start this year. And Anthony Davis, when he's healthy, he's great. <laughs> he's, he's averaging what, 20, 23, 24 and 12 right now yeah. when he's healthy, yeah. he's great. But it's, it's a matter of where are we going to see Anthony Davis for more than what? 70% of games this year? I don't know. That's that's always the big question mark with here. So it's almost like with LeBron, he's like, I have nothing to lose at this point, right? What does he have to lose? Why would you rest him? He's just going to play. Yeah. And this is, I agree. I think Anthony Davis is putting up good numbers, but uh, I guess this is a, a Darvin Ham problem more than anything else. But In the 81 minutes with Anthony Davis on the court and LeBron James off the court, the Lakers have a negative point differential of minus 78. Wow. So it it is, you know, I mean, that's that's LeBron checking himself back in right there, man. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know if he knows these statistical numbers, but I'm sure he can see it playing out when he's out of the game. Exactly. Um, so, you know, that's almost an answer right there for the LeBron minutes. And it's just not something a couple of years ago that we would have thought would have been an issue with this Lakers group. It's like, yeah. that's why you go and get an AD right. so he can hold it down. If LeBron yeah. has to miss a game or at the very least when he gets subbed out and we're not seeing that right now. Yeah. AD so, can't, AD can't carry without, without somebody else on the court with him at this point in his career. And I don't I even know say, if he's ever been anymore. And I don't know if he's ever, has he ever been able really to do it? He has, he's had a running mate with him basically right. the whole time with his best yeah. year with the Pelicans. He had an all-star guard with him. Who's still an all, who still can yeah. be an all-star guard. Like, I don't yeah. think he's ever been Good able point. to really create like this. And I think that we're still working off of the expectations of Anthony Davis from like what it was 10 years ago and like working our way back down from there. And we've seen the peaks he can get to, but the peaks he could get to is because he, like, in 2020 is because he's playing with LeBron James. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I just feel like this is who he is. He's not a guy who can carry the load when he's on the court alone. And then you look at the rest of that roster and who's supposed to help him. Like like we said, delo has been terrible. Gabe Vincent hasn't been able to really do anything. Reeves has struggled. But I don't even think Reeves is the kind of guy that, like, Reeves and Davis is not scaring anybody in the West. It's just not, especially when we start talking about some of these other teams in the West that we're going to talk about later on. It's, it's just tough to, it's, it's tough to see when you see LeBron year 21, 38 years old, still being able to play like this. And he has an action, a guy that's supposed to be a running mate, supposed to be a superstar, supposed to be a guy that can be one of the, you know, help make one of the best duos in the league. I don't even think they'd be top five at this point. That's not because of LeBron James. That's the right. crazy part is it should be because LeBron is deteriorating and LeBron <laughs> and is he's not and he's not <laughs> at all. Yeah, man, it's it sad scene. Sad scene for the Lakers. It's right not now. sad for you. No, for the Lakers, yeah, not for you. You're probably loving <laughs> this over there. No, it's Honestly, I I had greater expectations, and you know it's so early, and yeah, it's, what, everyone's yeah, gonna do team, with this team started team. like what three and ten last year or something. Exactly. Yeah, too. Yeah. So I still hold those expectations, but I I think it's strange more than anything. Like I thought Gabe Vincent was actually a good get for this group, and he mm-hmm. just has not been able to figure it right. out. Like you just mentioned, Re- I mean, how many people were throwing flowers on the street yeah. for Austin Reeves over the summer? And being like this, you know, he's he's the next big thing. He was everywhere. He was he was on everyone's podcast. He was getting his signature shoe <laughs> over the summer. He's making plays for Team USA. He hasn't showed up. It's um, 
it, it's strange. And, you know, you, you almost feel for LeBron in, in moments like this. It's like, well, I read through his minutes and like, yeah, maybe your su- superstar should be playing that, but he shouldn't have to every night. And it does seem like it's a have to more than want to thing for mm-hmm. LeBron right now. And, you yeah. know, we, we got, we got to all of this discussion by talking about um, Bron being mad about, you know, some missed foul calls. The NBA came out and said everything that happened in the last two minutes was clean. And then the day, a day later, he was still saying, you know, foul calls that are missed in the first, second, third quarter matter too, which I completely agree with. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so he had a point there, but it's just like we're, we're yeah. you know, only. But it's a great point. It's and, a great point that they always reference. Like you, like th- that's what it is. The versus two minute report. Like they always reference this two minute report and everything yeah. else. And it, that's it's a perfect point. Like okay, but you can call three fouls on somebody and they're on the bench for the whole game. That's arguably right. worse exactly. than missing a call late. Like I, yeah. I honestly think like someone getting their second foul four minutes of the game is more important than a late foul. A hundred percent. Where where a guy yeah. comes out for the game and next thing you know, you don't see him till midway through the second quarter. Fucks then they up get his their rhythm. third foul. Exactly. It screws up the entire team's rhythm. Yeah. And that's the thing too, that like I think you know the common fans sometimes just fails to understand is they always look at the end of games as the calls that decided the game. Oh, this was the deciding call. Or if this went our our way, it would have been a completely different game. It's like there are calls missed throughout the every game throughout every single quarter it just happens like it the refs are not perfect and stars are going to complain when they don't get those calls but if we fixate on just a, like five percent of the game the final two minutes right we're just fixating on a tiny portion of the game it really doesn't tell the story of the entire game calls are going to be missed throughout the game we just have to accept that as fans and be like listen like the superstar is not going to get every call. We see it with all the superstars now. Obviously, LeBron's probably one of the biggest ones at fault of it. But there's so many stars that will ch- check out for, like, a play if they don't get a call. Like, they'll get bumped, throw it up, miss mm-hmm. the layup. It's going down the other way. And you have a superstar walking down the court in the second quarter because they didn't get a call. And it's one of those things where it's like that's just part of You just have to understand that's just part of the game, right? It's not intentional. Yeah. They're not signaling guys out. This is not something that's only happening late in games. So you can lose your fan duel bets. It's not that. It's that this is just a part of the game where it happens. And it's just everyone focuses on just the fourth quarter. And they're like, oh, these were the calls that were missed. It's like, yeah, but these calls were missed in the second and third. It just happens. You just have to accept that. And if you accept it, then you can kind of move on and just appreciate basketball, appreciate the game for what you're watching. Rather than being like, oh, this call should have gone our way. Refs are against us. I think, oh, Donnie, are you there? Yeah, Donnie's, Donnie's back. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit frozen right now, but okay. we can, uh, <laughs> can move. We keep it rolling. <laughs> I don't know if Donnie Yeah, talk to you, Will, for me. I'll, I'll figure this out. <laughs> okay. Well, all right, so I got into I, – I, we saw the T-Wolves the other night, obviously knocking off your Celtics, Dunny, in an overtime thriller, one of the best games of the season so far. And yeah. it was great to see Edwards and Tatum go back and forth. It was great to see Edwards, you know, the defense and the, the aggressiveness and everything. And it's just like, damn, what can this guy really be if he's going to lock in like this defensively? But my question about the Wolves, and I got into it with some Wolves fans – the other morning because they're all trying to take victory laughs about the Rudy Gobert trade and say, Oh, people calling it the worst trade in NBA history. Still, you know, they gotta, they gotta eat their words, blah, 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 all this stuff. Root has the issue with Rudy Gobert ever been winning in the regular season. This right. team, the Utah jazz were one seeds in the playoffs before with, and with Donovan Mitchell, who is not, not as good of a perimeter defender as Anthony, their uh, potential at least shown that even no, he's just not, not even been close to what Edwards has shown already or the potential that Edwards has to be a perimeter defender. So I understand and I get that this team might have a higher ceiling defensively, but when it comes to the T wolves, they can be the three seed two seed this year, yeah, whatever, absolutely. for all, whatever. I, I'm sure. I think that Edwards and Gobert and the, and Nas Reed, I'm not bringing up towns because Nas is out playing. Carl Anthony Towns, right yeah, now, which is fucking crazy. But my biggest concern is that when you get to the playoffs, Rudy Gobert can't be on the floor, and we've seen it so many times. Right. And do you think that he's shown anything that makes you think that that's any different, like in I mean, his game? 
No, or is it just because I, Edwards is better and a higher ceiling than Donovan Mitchell was when they when they were paired up in Utah? Well, I think Edwards is playing out of his mind. I think the big reason why people are kind of overreacting a little bit to the Wolves is you look at what they've done. They're the only team that beat the Celtics and the Nuggets this year. Mm. Like that's say what you want about the Wolves, and I'm the biggest Wolves hater out there, but we can't take that away from them. Yeah, it's early in the regular season. Yeah, it's two weeks into the NBA season, three weeks in the NBA season. But they beat the Celtics and they beat the Nuggets. Granted, both were home, but those are impressive wins. They beat the Nuggets by 21. And if you're looking at a team, you know, that has those two bigs, if it works, if it does work for the Wolves, when you have Gobert and Towns, there's very, very, very few teams in the NBA that can match with the size with that. And I and I what I kind of like about the Wolves so far this year, Jake, and I'm not overreacting. I don't think the Wolves are any really different than my expectations going into the season probably a playoff team. I really don't think they make a deep run, but what I really like about the wolves this year is that towns has basically taken that number two man role. It's no longer some games. He's going to be the guy Mm -hmm. and then other games he disappears. Towns is just going to kind of be a solid player. I think he's averaging 17 points, 10 rebounds a game right now this year. And you know, he has his moments where he'll hit his shots from the outside. He's a big man who could shoot threes. He can have his moments where he dominates the paint from time to time. Rudy Gobert offense kind of really doesn't exist too much. I think he's averaging right around 10 points a game, but Rudy Gobert is there for his defense, there for his rebounding. They're kind of figuring out their roles. Ant-Man has made the leap again where he just looks like he is that superstar who could carry teams and, and put a team on his back. And, and that's my was my biggest concern with the T-Wills was kind of the roles the players had coming to the game, almost questioning the talent of this team. But you look at guys like Nas Reed, who's been a great, a great player off the bench for them. Mike Conley, who really has just became a secondary player. I don't think he's played over 30 minutes more than once in a game so far this year. He's just kind of, you know, been facilitating the ball a little bit, but the ball's not going through his hands like game. It's going through Ant-Man's. He's the one running the offense. Ant-Man's rebounds has taken a jump. Ant-Man's assists have taken a jump. Outside of just the scoring, we know he can score. We know he can drive. We know he can shoot. It's becoming a complete basketball player, and that's what we're seeing in Ant-Man. And when you have that, and you have two seven-footers, essentially, in Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert, that kind of know their roles and play their roles, you are going to be a mismatch for a lot of teams. And I don't know if this is going to be you know, playoff success because the biggest, I think, fault to Rudy Gobert, the playoffs, and to the Utah Jazz is once a team plays you a couple times in a row, they kind of learn what you want to do. They kind of learn your strengths or weaknesses. And then they're like, all right, we're going to expose it. And what have we seen in the playoffs? They're like, all right, we're going to we're gonna put, you know, a more athletic big down there and make Rudy Gobert go out, out to the arc to guard him, to kind of take Rudy Gobert out of the paint, spread the defense a little bit. And then Rudy Gobert becomes a liability because in the offensive end, he's really not too much of a threat. But if we look at the T-Wolves team this year, Rudy Gobert doesn't really have to be a threat at all on the offensive side of the ball. He just has to be that defender. And maybe we will see teams once again kind of go smaller and force Rudy Gobert to guard outside the arc. And then the T-Wolves kind of come up short like we expect them to do. My expectations are changing. However, like I said, the reason they beat the Celtics, the reason they beat the Nuggets was not just because Anthony Edwards was playing out of his mind, playing great. But the players on their team kind of know their roles. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's really important for a team like the Minnesota Timberwolves. You have two seven-footers. Have them play like two seven-footers. Anthony Edwards is your best player. Mike Conley's not the guy you're running the offense through in the fourth quarter. Currently, Towns isn't that guy. It's Anthony Edwards. And the T-Wolves, for the first time, I think, since Anthony Edwards came into the league, are kind of understanding that. So I'm not going to say the T-Wolves are a legit, real threat right now. But I thought this was a team that was a borderline playoff team, and they've been impressive. They they have impressed me so far in a small game, a sample size, right? Six games, but you beat the Celtics, you beat the Nuggets. You didn't beat the Nuggets. You you beat up the Nuggets, and the Nuggets are beating yeah, up everyone up. else. Yeah. So that's very yeah. impressive in itself. But the biggest impressive thing for me, why I think the Timberwolves should be taken a little more seriously, at least from my perspective, is that this team kind of knows has an identity now. Last year, they did not have an identity. This year, it feels like they do. I think yeah, that identity I, is Anthony Edwards. <laughs> they finally, they yeah. finally, like last year it was like, let's test the waters. Is this guy actually, mm-hmm. can he do it? And now that we all know, like he can, he can do this. So I'm with you. I, I think that that's the best thing about them is that they are, we, we know exactly who they are. And if they're mm-hmm. going to be a defensive juggernaut, then that's going to go a long way. 
it it is going to go a long way for them when you have a guy like that who can right. create and fill up the stat sheet like he can do. My Wi-Fi is better now, guys. Sorry yeah, about that. Welcome um, back, Tony. <laughs> I swear I wasn't avoiding talking about the Celtics only loss. I swear that's that's not what happened there. <laughs> um, Just kidding. Yeah, but, yeah, it was a happy accident. Um, no, real quick, though, because I'm sure you guys covered most of it, so I don't want to repeat much. Uh, are the Wolves for real? I think Anthony Edwards, Edwards is, and I'm sure you guys touched on that. I'm sure everyone who watches basketball mm-hmm. thinks that. Um, one of the, the cooler plays, not for me, but uh, just basketball plays in general, is at the end of the game, I mean, the Celtics made some bad, timely decisions down the stretch in overtime, but uh, Tatum, who is basically getting his way most of the night, tried to ISO against Ant late. Apparently, he was talking some shit. That's what Anthony Edwards said after the game. And Edwards, with five fouls, took him on one-on-one and stole the ball from from Tatum and it's just like wow yeah. this is the type of player Anthony Edwards is now and you guys mentioned it I I can't call this team for real I'm with Steve or what I heard on the back half it's just like when you get to the playoffs I still don't think Rudy Gobert is a guy right. like you can go five wide the Celtics were doing it all first half Porzingis was giving uh Gobert fits it allowed mm-hmm. Jalen Brown to dunk on Gobert's head which was probably the top dunk of the season so far. And the last thing I'll say is a reason they're better than last year. And I think a little more for real is guys like Jaden McDaniels and Nas Reed, who I actually think in in this order are their second and third best players. I think they're more important to the Timberwolves team than Gobert and Cat are. And I I truly believe that I'll, I'll argue with anyone just watching. That was the first Timberwolves game I saw all season. Jaden McDaniels defends on the perimeter better than than most who play his position and Nas Reed I just think gives you more than I don't know what's wrong with Carl Anthony Towns but Nas Reed is a a more consistent shooter when you watch this team he reads the offense better he plays off Anthony Edwards better and he just doesn't he doesn't play soft like we know Cat does I mean Cat has a what five six year sample size now of him just kind of backing down to the competition if things get stiff. Uh, I think Nas reads the the opposite and, and plays with a bit of an edge and, and same with Jaden McDaniels. And that's why I think these guys compliment Ant. But as far as for real, I consider for real like conference finals or finals bound. I don't I don't think they can do it this year with this group, but uh Anthony Edwards definitely already put the league on notice. So absolutely the T Wolves are fun again. He plays with that confidence you can't teach, right? Yeah. You, like he just has that type of confidence, the type of swagger to him that you just can't teach. Some players have it, some players don't. And Anthony Edwards absolutely has it. And and you're right, Dunny. It's it's we all knew about Anthony Edwards' offensive ability, but you're right. Some of the his best plays have been on the defensive end this year too, and that's huge. Yeah, that's huge for this T Wolves team. Yeah, it's th- things are looking up in Minnesota, so that's awesome. I mean, this is the offseason where we're talking about Ant maybe wanting to get out of there, forcing himself out. Was he even going to sign the extension? Um, he did, and it, it looks good right now. So Minnesota's in good hands. Team that's not in such great hands, and really, where do you go with this group? The state of the New York Knicks is what we're talking about next. I, I love the caption here, Jake. New York state of mind. Um, <laughs> what what do we do with the Knicks? Um, I gave an insult stat about the Warriors early, or the Lakers earlier. Excuse me. Did you guys see? Uh, I'm sure it's changed now, but Randall in his first oh, I five – Five games shot the lowest field goal percentage of any player it's in not NBA good. history. Uh, to start, does he season. need to get his eyes checked? Like, does he need to just go to an eye doctor or something? No. I know, like, that's I mean, terrible. Like, I'm not a like, you know, I'm not a Randall fan, but that seems absurd. Yeah, yeah, it's and the thing is, like, the, the thing that's got to be most frustrating is RJ Barrett is having a career year, he's averaging 22 points a game, yeah. he's, he's playing well getting rebounds, getting assists. Awesome. And you need, so you have Brunson playing his normal, excellent ball. You have Barrett playing above expectation. And then Randall is literally just tanking them. He is just an anchor on this team. And he's going out there still taking just as many shots, 
still stopping possessions and putting up bricks like the whole time. He had a good game the other night, but it was like, you have to have a good game at some point. And it really wasn't like, and it really felt like it was forced. Like this is the game we need to get Julius back on track. It wasn't like natural. Was not in the flow of things? I think they have a serious problem with him. I really do. And it's a guy that has been undersized at his position his whole career and dominated on a lot of athleticism. Right. And I just feel like, I don't know if we can tell that it doesn't that stuff it seems, goes away when you get older, man. That's what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm saying. And this guy, and he's not a guy who's going to give that, give that notion up, believe in that notion early. He's going to, he's yeah. going to hold on as long as he can. I think they got a serious Julius Randall problem. I've thought that for a long time, obviously, but especially when you got two guys who clearly should be the leaders of this team. And I think Julius thinks he's the leader of this team and thinks that he's still the best player on it. And it, it's so sad because how many times last year did we say if, if Randall could just play to his expectation or mm-hmm. if he if he could take that leap and it kind of seems like he's finally doing it and Randall could not be playing worse. Yeah, it, it, It's just such a tough situation. And we ended the season last year like almost feeling a little bad for Randall when Knicks right. fans were ripping his poster off the side of MSG and stomping on it and you know, spraying graffiti on his posters. So it's kind of strange, like, and it's probably too little too late now, but if you look inside the Knicks organization, you have to think they're seeing the same stuff we are. So if you know your fans aren't riding with this guy who thinks he's the main guy and you don't want him to be the main guy and he's not showing up for you and things haven't worked the last three years, it's it's strange to me that the Knicks haven't, moved on from Randall is basically what I'm getting at. And now I fear it might be too late. I mean, you definitely can't sell him at his peak now. Who's no. yeah. who even wants to trade for Randall at this point? I'm sure you could still get something, but now maybe it doesn't seem worth it. Um, it almost feels like he, he doesn't even have the work ethic either for that. And, and yes. I don't know if a team's going to want to take that on Um, I, for the next. It's just, it's a bad spot to be in because RJ Barrett's finally starting to get a little more consistent. Jalen Brunson's been great. They got to find a way to play Emmanuel quickly more. I know it's a small lineup, but this guy's got to get more than 20, 24 minutes a night. Emmanuel quickly has been great, but you're right. It's just when you don't have Randall doing everything we, we saw the first year when Randall went to the next, we were like, this guy might become a superstar. The way he yeah. made that jump is the guy, and it's the just way he was like shooting. The did you guys gone downhill since? And that's just not a good sign when that's supposed to be your number one option on offense. And what is he, the number three now? It's yeah. not good, not a good look. Did you see the stat today about Barrett? Uh, came out, I think Tommy Beer, who I believe is a Knicks writer, yeah, uh, put it out from basketball reference. There are four players in NBA history who have matched or exceeded RJ Barrett's career points rebounds assists and made three-point totals at his age lebron james kevin durant luka Doncic, jason tatum that's that's crazy. the company that rj barrett is in that's bro. actually wild that's yeah. absurd like, i don't think anyone could have and julius thinks he's the best player on this team bro yeah. that's what i mean like that is that think of those four guys those are two of the greatest basketball players of all time we consider two right. greatest of their generation and probably the next two greats of their of their generation luca and tatum like at least wings whatever else like score it's right it's fucking crazy that he is in this and we're not talking about barrett more we're sitting here talking about what's wrong with julius randall like that's what's wrong that's the biggest thing with the knicks is i just feel like it's so ass backwards the way that they're kind of running mm-hmm. their team and it's been a thing with barrett we've i've been we've been on this barrett thing for a couple of years now like it's been a thing where you kind of just need to give him the keys and let the growing pains happen because clearly, like, there's you're you can't waste these years. You can't waste this yeah. production. It's it's a sad day. It's a bad day. Did you guys see before we move on from the next uh, Mitchell Robinson's trainer too? He huh. like posted some Instagram story like calling out the Knicks organization and like tagged yeah. Mitchell Robinson, basically saying like my guy works hard. You guys don't use him the correct ways. Which yeah. Mitch has come out himself and said in years past that tips doesn't use him correctly he's, um, this could he's be getting a, t- a lot of run this year though mitchell robinson has been yeah and a lot of been run playing year. pretty well well he's yeah. feeling himself a little better than too randall much. he called he calling wemby bull bull again oh yeah. my god i can't did you see that I can't take that 
because they're yeah the Knicks are again if you're listening live the Knicks are playing the Spurs tonight and they said what like what are you expecting covering Wambinyama and he said oh I'll just treat it like as if I'm going up a poor against the Porzingis or shout out JBC he said I'll treat it as if I'm going up against a Porzingis or a bull bull like. Porzingis literally put 30 on you guys in the first game <laughs> yeah, of the season. Right? Yeah, right? Like, I hope you don't, Just a wild I hope, take. I hope you're not treating it like that. <laughs> I'm so uh, tired of the Bull Bull Wemby things. Like, bro, if Bull Bull was Wemby. Shaq he, knew exactly what, what he was doing. What what I, know, I know, but but everybody's running with it. Like, don't, we don't need to listen to Shaq. Mm-hmm. Say, oh, Shaq is a clown sometimes, bro. He's trying yeah. to get the people riled up. Yeah. We're just going to run with it? It's so crazy. Uh, we can compare Wemby to someone else, though. Well, this rookie of the year race is. We knew it was going to be. We knew it was going to be fun, but I did not. I, we've all. I think we all had a lot of faith in Chet. I don't think I expected this, bro. I don't no. think I expected this. He looks so comfortable. Like every, he just looks like a ten-year vet already on the floor, and maybe it has to do with the team they have because their team is just mm-hmm. so fucking awesome. Like they're so fun. They're so well built. They, I don't know where the hole is on this team. There isn't Chet, one. <laughs> there Chet, isn't a hole on this yeah, team. Yeah, no, there isn't. But Chet completes everything, man. Yeah. And Wemby has been awesome. He's had all the flashes we would want. Obviously, the 38-point game was incredible to watch. He's had the highlights and everything else. But Chet's stats, like, almost across the board, he's more efficient. He's been, he's been putting up, you know, better defensive stats and everything else. It's crazy to see what Chet – has been able to do so i don't know where do you guys land on this right now rookie what are we seven games in we're, we're yeah. going to be tracking this all year i guess at this point because it's going to be one of the best rookie of the year races ever in my memory at least yeah i mean as long as if they both stay healthy this is going to be a two-horse race for the ages did you try, um, did you guys see this i, I don't i don't see Barkley <laughs> ask wemby about yeah. after first nba game listen those churros <laughs> in san antonio though they so, might be different hey, they, might, actually, they might be pretty good they might be pretty good <laughs> it's Sounds actually like not good. that not that random this i think it goes all the way back to chuck like way back in the days first couple of years on inside uh inside the yeah. nba uh, he hyping up the turn. You know, this this is my quote. Or this is his quote, not mine. He he oh, talks boy. about to put it lightly, he said the big ass women in San Antonio oh, yeah, are, all, yeah. are always yeah. eating those yeah. churros. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was a running joke for like years on the on the show. Shaq would always ask uh Chuck about the women in San Antonio. They would always talk about churros, and then you know, jokes were made about Chuck also enjoys churros. It's it's kind of a long inside joke with those guys, but yeah. And then Wemby said he didn't know what a churro was, and it got real awkward on the air. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need to know what a churro is, though, the way he's been playing. I mean, yeah, and that's what that, <laughs> he probably doesn't. He probably could use a couple. He probably could he eat probably a couple. Could. But. <laughs> but but it's it's one of those where it's like I, I'm already impressed by by Wemby and Chat, and we had high expectations coming in for both of these guys, right? We were both, you know very pro Wemby, very pro chat coming into this year, but it's just the the type of plays that these guys are making. And it's the maturity level, which is the big one for me, where you look at Wemby, he just kind of knows what he's doing. He gets in foul trouble. He knows how to play the right way of defense when he gets in foul trouble. He knows what, what his role is in this offense. He knows when he's got to take a shot. He knows when he's got to pass away. It's just he knows to be in the right spot. And that also comes for playing at San Antonio under Greg Popovich. Like that that helps anyone. Obviously, you have a mind like that kind of teaching you the game of basketball. But I'm just super impressed by it. Like Wemby not, you know, kind of forcing anything. It just feels like he's just kind of in a rhythm when he's playing. Like he's, he can make three pointers. He's got a great shot, but he's not forcing anything. He's not just saying, Oh, I've made a couple. I'm just going to start heat checking everything. He's seven foot five. They aren't just passing it down to Wemby at all points of time to say back down to your defender. He's had a couple plays where it's like only Wemby can make, where I, I, I know we're talking about it all the time, but when he tipped the ball in, volleyball oh, yeah. tipped it into the basket. Then he went, reached around under the hoop and put it in. These are plays that like we just haven't seen before because of a guy with his skill set, his size. And then we talk about Chet on the other end of it. Chet, like you said, he looks like a 10-year vet. I mean, Chet Holmgren has just understood his role in this Oklahoma City Thunder offense when it's like SGA is the go-to guy. It's SGA's team. SGA is a superstar. This is his team. 
but I'm also a mismatch for almost every team we go up against. And you look at Chet, he's getting steals. I think he's averaging over a steal a game. He's averaging two and a half blocks per game. He's shooting the ball. He's not shooting the ball like crazy, but he's shooting it with such high efficiency. He's getting his boards, and it's it's crazy because, like I said, Chet was Wemby before Wemby. Mm-hmm. And if you if you showed someone who like hasn't watched you know any NBA for the past five years, but they know the sport, you're like here you go. Watch this player, Chet Holmgren. Tell me what age he is, what year he is in the league. They would be like, he's a, he's at least a five, six year vet. Especially with that's the beard what it looks now, like. too. Yeah, too. Oh, it looks different from last year to this year. Maybe that helped him a little bit. But it, it's crazy because you think about a guy who misses an entire season, who's this hyped up rookie. The biggest thing is to be like, oh, how's he going to feel in like the game flow? Like it's going to be a, maybe a little bit longer of a process, right? Because you have the rehab with the injury on top of still trying to learn. Like this is technically, this is his rookie year. And it looks like Chet's played for four or five years. It, it's it, it's crazy to me because both of these guys are super young. They're giants and they're super, super talented. And it's like the sky's the limit for both of them, in my opinion. But we're you seeing know, things already. The numbers, the numbers are only gonna go up, right? Chet's averaging 17 and 8. Wemby, I think I don't think he averages over 20 a game this year, but like even if Wemby averages like 18 and eight, Chet 17 and eight, they have a couple blocks a game. Two, three years down the road, these are guys who could be averaging like 30 and 12. Like it's very possible if we see this in the first year, the way they're doing it and the way it's not just necessarily putting up the numbers. Because if they were shooting 30 times a night and they're averaging 17 and eight and they're just getting as many boards as possible. Mm-mm. They just know their role in the offense. They don't care about their stats. They don't care about the numbers. They're trying to help their teams win. And that, I think, the biggest um, you know, reason for me why I'm very impressed early on with both these young players. We knew their basketball talent. We knew the, what these guys' ceilings and potential would be. But I didn't under like I didn't think that they would come into the like the league and just be so comfortable playing basketball at a professional level. It just looks I like they've been doing it for years. Man. It go it goes into what you're saying right now, but like I had a hunch that they might come in like this, but I didn't think it would be this good. And yeah. the best part about each of these two guys is their confidence. And that's probably why they're able to perform like this at such a young age and with yeah. such little experience, because we remember Chet last year saying when asked who the best player in the league was, he said it was himself. And he was like, if you don't believe that, he's like, then you're already putting yourself at a disadvantage, right. which we've seen athletes that, you know, have that mindset before. But for a guy who had never played an NBA game to say that, and then Wemby, uh, a little help from the world to get his confidence. But, I mean, this guy went on like a, a, a celebrity tour over the summer, yeah. going to baseball stadiums and throwing out first pitches and – everywhere and being interviewed everywhere he goes like Wemby probably knew he was the guy before he even stepped foot on the Spurs floor and now we're seeing them both just go at it every single night on the court Mm -hmm. and it's funny because we talked about it this summer it'd be cool to look at and maybe we'll have to you know have a final tally at the end of the season but do you guys remember me asking you who's going to have more rebounds and blocks combined, Chet or Wemby this year. Do you have the number right now? I don't have the number right now, but I was just peaking, and I think it's pretty damn close. Um, And I think we all all three swept and took Wemby because we were like, I think the blocks will just be there. Meanwhile, Chet in his second or third game had seven blocks in a game already. So It's fucking crazy, Um, man. I think Chet's had a steal and block in his last four or five five games, I believe. Steal and block at least one of each. Yeah. You know, you know how scared I am to see him against Evan Mobley tonight? <laughs> oh, bro, that's a, that'll be a good matchup. Mobley's been – I know Mobley's offense is coming, still coming around a little bit, but Mobley is – Still coming arguably, around is a very nice way to say that. No, nah, he had a couple kind. good games. He's had a couple games where he's disappeared. But defensively, he looks like the best defensive player in the NBA right now. That's what I'm interested in, to see what yeah. he does. Yeah, like Mobley's no slouch. Yeah. Offensively, he's a slouch. Defense, guys, <laughs> circle those calendars. November fourteenth, Tuesday yeah. night. Oh yeah, baby. chat first it's Wemby next round week. one. Next baby. week, what do you mean? Chat first Wemby round one. We're <laughs> less than a week away. Chat first Wemby in OKC too, and that is going to be argue part this, of the in-season tournament, a group play. Have you seen Vooch this year though? <laughs> he's got a point. Oh boy, Vooch is carrying. <laughs> 
Can't I? Yeah, oh yeah, Vooch. Vooch <laughs> over BJBC. Get out of here, Chicago. All right, we got two teams to talk about before we hit our draft here. Uh, Warriors. We all know them. We Warriors. some of us love them. Some of of us hate them. Uh, rumor has it Steph is still getting better. Do you guys Somehow, believe some that? way? I want to formally oh. apologize. I had the Warriors under. Yeah, I had same. I had the Warriors. I said this is going to probably be the end of the Warriors, that the Chris Paul is just not going to work, that I just don't think they have the roster built. I want to formally apologize as a Steph fan, as a Steph stan, as someone who has loved Steph Curry since he was dropping 40 a night at Davidson. Yeah, he's still good. He he yeah. he's he could just he could carry any Pretty team good, at this huh? point. Clay hasn't been that special. Draymond missed the first handful of games. Wiggins hasn't been that special. I mean, and the Warriors are six and two, and and they're still the Warriors when you go up against them. I mean, Steph Curry's stats are absolutely disgusting. He's averaging thirty-one points, I believe, five rebounds, four assists. His shooting splits are absurd, and it's just like. I I I I never doubted Steph Curry's talent, but I was like, I just don't think this team's you know that great around him, and they really haven't been in their six and two. They really haven't been that no. great around him. They haven't. The other players haven't really been playing that well, but they're but six and two because wh- Steph Curry's just Steph Curry, and he just what, he just changes the game when he plays. What's been awesome to see though, from this like a basketball viewing standpoint, yeah. is we didn't know what Chris Paul would look like. We didn't know how it would right. fit and everything else, and the Chris Paul minutes have just been. It's amazing that because he like the point god is still doing point god stuff, and just to Absolutely. have him out there with Curry off the floor and just they're always getting good looks, like everything's efficient still. Like Paul is running that offense masterfully. It's different. Don't know if they what it's gonna mean when it comes playoff time when you have Paul in in these moments, but right now, like regular season wise, to, for them to be able to stay afloat the way they can because Chris Paul is playing at such a high level in his minutes that he's playing. That's the biggest surprise to me. I still have a lot of doubts on what this, the size and this team's going to have to address that. If they get some size going into the playoffs at the deadline or something, I'll be more bullish on them going into the playoffs. Cause that was their issue last year. It wasn't, yeah. it, there was an off and I got into a conversation about this, obviously them getting, being more efficient and being a better offensive team this year, which they have been, worlds better than they were at times last year especially going into the playoffs will help their defense just because they're going to have better possessions and everything else but the biggest issue is they got bullied but if they address that in any way shape or form yeah it's fucking terrifying man like it's it's terrifying that they're doing this again yeah it's i i just like can't even believe it we all we all just had it wrong i mean it's still so early what do we say at the beginning of the episode we're gonna this All of these are going to sound like an over or under reaction two weeks from now, but for right now, and you're you're Jake, you nailed it. Like Chris Paul just working for the Warriors, like because of course, um, and then <laughs> Steph's averaging thirty <laughs> points per game and shooting 50, 40, 90. Like, yeah. just hasn't hasn't skipped a beat. Unreal, man. Even with like Clay, I, this is also something we said was going to happen, and it kind of is. Like Clay hasn't been that impressive, no. even though he's no. he said it Lincoln was going to be his best season right. yet, and it really hasn't mattered. Um, yeah. So good for the Warriors. Well, we'll check in next week and see if they if stay this red hot. But goddamn, they still look pretty good. Philly, the 76ers, last team we'll talk about before we do our little draft to end here. Philly is playing my Boston Celtics tonight. They've only lost once. Harden gone. Maxi is for real, for real. He's he unleashed. He so was, damn he's been good. unleashed. And Pat Bev is has been the or I saw this today. He has the highest for a single player. He has the highest defensive rating out of any player in the NBA right yeah. now. So wow. I asked it last week, and I don't think any of us agreed, but maybe we were all wrong. Is Philly better without Harden? I mean, it's funny because we're looking at Tyrese Maxey now as the second option after Embiid. Maxey's been incredible, 25.5 points per game, seven assists, five rebounds. I mean, he has really – he wouldn't have been doing this if Harden was there, right? And so I'm not taking Harden's skill or taking his – how good he is at basketball. I'm just saying – 
if Harden was still there, we wouldn't see this from Maxi. This was good to kind of get Maxi to show that he can be a superstar. Tobias Harris. I mean, I feel like he's a name no one ever talks about. <laughs> no one says anything. And he just kind of does what he needs to do for this team. He's averaging almost 20 points a game this year. He's shooting at a pretty efficient rate. And it's just like he's playing good defense as well. And it's just like these guys like are kind of stepping up because of the loss of Harden. And I think sometimes that really helps build team chemistry. And maybe when, you know, Harden left or when during the off season where it's just, they didn't feel like he was checked in. It was, might've been to these guys like, Hey, we got to play together. We got to come together as a team. The guy they traded for, who I don't want to say was like replacing Harden, but kind of takes Harden's minutes from him, Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre's averaging 18 points a game. And then you got Joel Embiid, who's the MVP from last year, playing like an MVP again, 32 and a half points per game, 11 rebounds. In the third quarter the other night. <laughs> just dominating, dominating in the paint. And we're just we're watching this team and I, I I look at it and I go, this is a much more fun Philly team than with Harden. And it just feels like these guys are playing better without Harden. And I'm not saying Harden's a good, not a good basketball player. He's not talented, but sometimes it's addition by subtraction. You take Harden off this team, Tyrese Maxey games game elevates, right? Tobias mm -hmm. Harris game elevates Joel Embiid. That distraction is gone. He can just get back to hooping. Kelly Oubre been playing well in the role they have. I, thought, I, I like the look of this team. It, it's it, the Philly Philadelphia 76ers look a lot better than what I thought they looked like with Harden at any point last year. Uh, they really do. Yeah, I, I think Nick Nurse too. Like, yeah, that's just, a big help. Definitely. Because, uh, you know, like coach to coach, I don't know how much, like it's, it's obviously hard to measure coaches' skills or at least compare them like – Doc Rivers to Nick Nurse. That's a hard comparison to make. But obviously yeah. something was getting stale with Doc Rivers and the 76ers. And they bring in a new guy who something was getting stale with Nick Nurse and the Raptors. Sometimes a new situation, a new coach. Like I do at this point in their careers think that Nick Nurse is a better coach than Doc. But I don't think Doc was the complete reason, you know, that they were collapsing every year. And obviously, so far, Nick Nurse has done an incredible job with this group. The players seem to like him. And Steve, you mentioned him a couple of times. Kelly Oubre, they signed him like a month before the season started. Yeah. And when it happened, yeah. I was like, this this could be big for them. He's a guy yeah. who's just put the ball in the bucket his whole career. He's a long guy. You can play out on the wings. And he, he defends well. And Pat Bev, another guy we just mentioned, he's top – Top-rated defensive player in the league right now. He doesn't doesn't always show up on the box score, but he's he's a culture changer, and it seems like some culture has changed in Philly. They For they sure. look scary. We'll see. Ba big battle tonight. Um, so if the Celtics lose, no no mean tweets in my direction. And, and, and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to slander James Harden. And I duly I saw your comment. I'm not trying to slander James Harden. I'm not going to call him a ball hog. I'm not going to say he is the system. He's better the system, but. Did we see what happened? The first game of the Clippers with James Harden. What happened to Paul George? Let me see what happened lost. to that team. I'm, I'm oh. just saying. I'm oh, just saying. Man. Paul George looked lost out there because they, he can't do what he wants to do because it's Harden. It has to go through Harden. And with Philly, they can just hoop now. They can just hoop now. That box score something. made me so sad when I checked. I wanted to Paul cry. George, man. I wanted it to so cry. Sad. I'm like, if you ruined Paul George's season this year. He should ask I for also, a trade. He should, he should honestly, Paul George should ask for a trade. There's nothing that's going to benefit him because he's not going to take the ball from Harden. He's not going to take the ball from Kawhi. He's probably not even going to try to take the ball from Russ in these situations. And he's, he might be the like most talented right now of the four. I think he's the best of the four. At this point, yeah, at this point in their careers, he might be the best at this point in their careers. And, and he's going to be treated season, like the fourth option. The Absolutely. Yep. So. Yeah, I saw a guy's poll yesterday was not great. It did not. It did not good vibes when he was talking about Harden and about like, oh, everybody will have a chance with the ball. Like this is a this is a t like, it's just not good. You don't like Harden should be melding into their system, not becoming the system as he said. Yeah, and last thing here, I know this went Philly turned Clippers, but it's all it's all relative. Um. Good stat for the Clippers that I saw this morning, but it just ends up ends up being bad. He's great at defense too. Yeah, yep. yeah. PG is excellent at defense. Probably you know, Kawhi when he's at his healthiest is the best defender. Julie just on that like, group. He's not a James Harden fan here. <laughs> no, no, we don't have a lot of James Harden fans out there. 
Um, but I saw this morning that the Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook have the highest uh, net rating when they're on the floor together out of any trio in the league and just expect that number to plummet now with James Harden yeah, on the team because it, it's just so sad. We talked about it when the trade happened. Like they were, The Clippers were playing so damn well. It looks like they were try- finally figuring out this big three that they already had. Uh, they throw Harden into it. Doesn't look great uh, off rip. Philly looks fantastic. Let's get into our draft, guys. Let's do this starting five draft lineup. Uh, choose. We got to give Mike the first pick because he missed last draft. He's got to yeah. get. He's got to get first pick. Okay. I'm not picking LeBron, <laughs> so don't worry about that. All right. So you, you, all right. So you, you're looking for the future we're, we're, yeah. a little bit. We're right? looking for the future. Oh yeah, I'm picking Wemby. I'm, I'm taking Wemby first. Wow. I, I don't need to, wow. I don't need to see right, so he's more. going for he's going for the rebuild. I, I love yeah. it. Oh, maybe the it's rebuild. Not even a re- not, it's not, not even exactly a rebuild. rebuild. It's not even a rebuild with Wemby though. But I I, I get how I got I got four team. more picks. I got four right. more picks. Don't you worry. But I I'm not I'm not I, I've seen enough. I know what he's gonna be. I, I've I'm I'm fully on board the train. So you guys, who's going next? Donnie, I'll we, give you pick two. I'll give Donnie pick two. All right, I'm I'm going to the Joker. I'm going Jokic. Mm. Um, okay. I just yeah, I mean these picks we yeah. shouldn't have to explain much, but no. I I think he's the best player in the league. So yeah, that that I I think that's a smart pick. Don't you um, do it, bro. I'm I'm taking Luca at three. Obviously. Oh, okay. I'm taking I'm taking Luca at three. I'm taking Luca at three, and uh, I might do it. I might have to I do it. Know. I might have to do it. If we're talking, we 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 kind of said this, right? The 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 LeBron, KD, that generation, and then the next generation. There's two young guys, pretty pretty good. Give me Jason Tatum with Luca. No, tell me, tell me that's not a lethal combination right there. I got size. I got scoring ability. I got two guys who can play ISO ball. Mm. Mm. Tell me, tell me that's not a lethal combination. That's lethal. That was that was rude what you just did there. <laughs> Luca's playing. Uh, Luca's uh, Luca could play that, and, and I'm interchangeable, right? Luca could play the two or the three. Tatum could play the four or the three. We're we're chilling. We're chilling. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. All right, back to me, and now I'm thrown for a loop because I thought for sure Tatum was going to be here. <laughs> no chance, bro. Um, when Stevie Boston's in town. Yeah, that's that's real nice, man. Oh, this is tough. I'm going to go – I mean, I, I feel like I have to if he's there. So I, I'm going to go Giannis here. Damn. Yeah, yeah. And just Smart. stack stack my, my big lineup, Giannis Jokic. That's terrible. I like it. I like it. I'm going. So I got two then here. Yeah. Yep. All right. I'm solidifying my guards then. I'm going Steph Curry and Anthony Smart. Edwards. Wow. That's what I'm okay. going with. Okay. Wemby, Wemby is going to have okay. the easiest life. In the <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah. Wow. He, he doesn't use a score at all. Life is so I, I just don't know you guys, I guess. I keep thinking guys are going to get back to me and they're just not. <laughs> Hi, Stevie. Oh, this is brutal. No. Oh no, Donnie. Donnie, sorry. Yeah, Donnie, I can't keep yeah. We're 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 on, um, we're not in the right. I guess we are. I'm just I can't. Yeah, we kind of are in the right order. This happened on Pardon My Take the other day too. They couldn't keep track of their picks when they were making yeah, the football pick. I, I was like, idiots. They can't do this. And now I Donnie and I screwed it up on a two man. Yeah. Draft the other one. Yeah, we, Jake, we screwed it up last time. I was like, how we screw up a two man <laughs> draft? I just kept kept giving Steve players last week. Yeah. <laughs> Donnie's like, all right, I'm going to take my fifth. I'm like, Donnie, you're on number six, my guy. Yeah. <laughs> we're, doing a, we're doing a bonus round. That's awesome. Okay. Um, I'm just going to make it scarier for you guys because no one's picked him yet, and I'll figure out the rest. I'm taking Kevin Durant. Okay, that's fine. I'm fine so with I have that. Giannis, KD, and Jokic. That's, ter- right that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's terrifying. terrifying. I, I'm actually shocked he got back to me at this point. But you know what? There's a lot of good bigs. Give me Joel Embiid. Yeah. Mm. Give me Joel Embiid. Luca Tatum, and Embiid. Him, I know you did. Well, that's why as soon as it got to you, Donnie, I was like, there's no way he takes Embiid with the way he started. I'll have Embiid fall into my lap. And now, got Luca Tatum, and Embiid. I got two names I'm thinking of right here, but I'm, I'm going to do it. I know I want Luca to play a true point guard, but you know what? 
if it, it doesn't matter because this guy can take the ball up the court too. Give me Shea Gilgis Alexander. Mm. This guy, this guy's young. Dude, this guy's an what are absolute, you guys absolute <laughs> demon. This is a guy who could take over a game. You talk about one guy who you'll see he's got 14 points going into a fourth quarter, and then you check the end of the game, he's got 35. And you're like, what happened? He just takes games over. Give me Shea Gilgis Alexander. Come on. SGA, Luca, Tatum, and Embiid. I don't even need a fifth. I don't even need a fifth pick. All the guys <laughs> I've had written down, except for Joker, you guys have taken. <laughs> Where are you uh, going that's then? me now. I will go. I feel like I'm missing people every time I, I make these picks, but I'm going to take D-Book. I'll pair KD and Booker. So now I have Booker, KD, Giannis, and Joker. Well, now you've screwed me up here because that's where I was going. Wow. Ooh, man. Well, like I'm doing this to you, Dunny. I'm taking Jalen Brown first. I have to do it. Dunny is in shambles. I don't have any, I don't have any <laughs> He is legitimately right in shambles, bro. <laughs> I have to do it. And I love that he's out of 15 guys, JB's getting picked, though. I guess I got to be happy. About yeah, that. he deserves it. And I, I, this is hard because I could go with my, I could go with my heart or I could go heart. with my agenda. And I don't know what matters to me more in the moment right now. I think the agenda matters more. I'm going De'Aaron Fox. Ooh. All right. So what's your five, Jake? What's your so my five? five? Oh, you have four right now. It's right? a small, I got, well, I got five. Okay, so Edwards is going to bump up. He's going to have to play some three. That's okay, okay. in my world. He's, okay. he's showing right. up. Well, we I got Curry, Fox, Edwards, Jalen, Wemby. Okay. Damn. So it's a, it's five. small, but I but you got it's seven small, but I got a seven foot four guy. Well, you yeah. got seven foot yeah. five Wemby. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, and I trust Jalen and Edwards to play bigger than their position there. All right. So it's my final pick here. Mm -hmm. Could go point guard. Probably should go point guard. Oh, this is tough, man. I know this is bad podcasting. I had a guy and I just lost him, though. I can't think of anyone. You got to take it. You, there's somebody oh, you I got, need to I take got like because I know names. who he's – I know who Steve's picking. I got like four him. names. No, you don't. You don't know who I'm taking. You don't have a clue. Oh, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. Mm. Now that that just threw me for a loop more. Is I want to like four names. Kobe White. Wait till you see. We got we got some great uh, comments in here. We'll go with them after we finish the draft, and then we'll wrap. I got like four names, bro. I'm drawing a blank on the entire NBA right now. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god! All right, wait. So who do I already have? I got, got Joker. You need a point. Giannis. Yep. Yeah. Is there even good point guards in the league right now? I don't know. Why Bro, you have the there's, second there's best point guard in the league uh, right now. There's a couple. So you don't you pass up on him. Because I, I won't oh, take him. I can't this is take who him. I was going to take. And it may shock you guys. It might be bad. It might look bad. I'm taking John Morant. There we go. Okay. I almost did it too. I almost did it too. I'm also box, frozen, but, but I, I took John Moran. I hear you. you guys heard me. This is tough because I, I need I need to take a guy with a little bit of size, right? We got Embiid, we got Tatum, we got Luca, we got SGA. It's disgusting. It makes me repulsive that Tyrese Halliburton's gonna go undrafted. I actually want to puke thinking about that. I got three names. I got three names I'm thinking about right now. I could go. And just take LeBron James for a year or two. I could if I mm. wanted to. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I think this team's good enough to win now. I don't think I need LeBron to win. I could go with a guy like Anthony Davis, who's dominant when healthy, but how many games am I going to get out of him? But I'm going to go with a guy who's young, who is, I think, making the leap that we hadn't talked about at all on the podcast today that should have been talked about. So this is where I'm going to give him a little bit of flowers for 30 seconds because the world needs to notice what former rookie of the year that just somehow forgot, got forgotten, Dunny's guy, Scotty Barnes, is doing right mm. now. 
Scotty Barnes wow. offensively and defensively is doing everything you can ask for the Toronto Raptors. He's having his best scoring season of his career. He's averaging 22 and a half a game, 10 rebounds, six assists. He's playmaker. He's a rebounder. He's a defender. He can steal. He can block. He can do on-ball defense. Off-ball defense does not matter. You're telling me this is my, like, fifth offensive option on this team? Come on. Just give me the draft right now, guys. Just give me the draft right now. We're SGA, put it up to Luka, Tatum, Barnes, and Embiid, it's over. It's done. We're, we're going <laughs> to let the people decide on this, Steve. So you, well, I'm not yeah. giving you nothing. Oh, but okay. um, we got some I comments I hate my here. team. We got some comments yeah, yeah. here. Duddy's already given it to me. JVC said this is his starting lineup, <laughs> as you can imagine. Cannot. They might be tough. They might be tough. Tory Treads. Yeah. JVC's got DeRozan. JVC, where's Dalen Terry? On Durant, Booker. I think we're all splitting the points, Dooley. I think we all got. Yeah, all I mean, we all that. got number one. Yeah, this yeah. is a lot of shooters this, going on here. This is like uh, it's supposed to be like fantasy choose your own adventure. So, like in theory, these guys would be on the same team. We're not like counting stats. No, this would. Yeah, this would. Luca and Tyrese would be interesting. They'd be I like so Max weird Max because Max they're Max both top fifteen yet. See, you got with SGA and Luca too. Or, or Halliburton. 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 Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Halliburton. My yeah, thing is, I, I took SGA. Were take. I can't, I I can't yeah. if I had SGA. That's the well, thing. I, 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 I was between. I was between SGA and Halliburton. I really was between those two. But my thing is, like, SGA could just kind of take a game over, and Halliburton can't too. But he's more of a playmaker, and that Luca is the play. Like he is the playmaker too. So it's like SGA is a little more he'll attack than yeah. Halliburton, but. It, like I said, it disgusts me that Tyrese Halliburton didn't go in the top. 15. I that's who I, it was. Him or it was him or Fox, and I, no, I picked. No, the agenda it should with be Fox. Halliburton. Yeah. I love Fox. Yeah, I love I Fox, know. but bro, mm. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> the the Sacramento Kings are falling apart right now. I'm just saying. Just saying. I I do like Donnie's start. I love Donnie's start. I mean, he's got size. Jokic and Giannis is terrifying. Yeah, I do love that start. Our teams, are, 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 we would it would be a battle of matchups between my team and your team because I would just have Curry and Fox running all over the place and make Durant and Giannis try to chase him around. It'd be fun. It'd be fun. Maybe we'll I, I put it on 2K and just have a five-on-five five Sims. Just and just five-on-five five Sims, yeah. bro. Yeah. You know do what Luca does in 2K. So. Well, that's true, yeah. You know what Luca <laughs> does in average at 38, 15, and 12 at every 2K Sim. That's true. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get out of here so Donnie can go watch the Celtics beat down the Philadelphia 76ers. Hey, real quick, man. though, Donnie, real quick, how many Celtics you get on your team? All Shit. right. Steve. How about you? How about you? I got, I got my one. guy. I got one. I got one of the Jays. I got one of the Jays. Just say it. Hey, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm right here, baby. Uh, <laughs> go seize. Later, guys. See you guys.